0: Father's Day is this weekend. Uh, I want you to go to Rectech Grills for Father's Day, and I want you to enter for your chance to win the same grill that I have and I use uh, almost every day. Rectechgrills.com slash Beck is the address. It's Rectechgrills with an S dot com slash Beck. Rectech is the, it's the, I don't know. Can't say Rolls Royce. I mean, who wants a Rolls Royce? uh it is the it's the, not a cadillac i don't know it's a great it's the best one on the market okay rec tech grills check them out for yourself great father's day gift rec tech grills r-e-c-t-e-c grills with an com slash back register today and you might have a new grill for father's day all right show begins in just a couple of minutes statues are being pulled down uh we've lost african-americans favorite syrup believe it or not Stu will have the update on this aunt jemima is now completely pulled off of the shelves why because a bunch of white people thought that that would be offensive and so uh they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna help the poor black people out because they don't they don't even know what they like uh, the stepmother of the police officer charged in Rayshard Brooks, uh, Brooks' shooting was fired yesterday from her job. Why? Why? Huh. And nooses uh, uh, that have been found hanging in the trees at Lake Merritt, this is in California and Oakland, The Oakland mayor, Libby Schaaf, said she's investigating this as a hate crime, except it was exercise equipment, and the guy who put them up in the park is black. He said they're not nooses, that's my exercise equipment. She said, I want to be clear, regardless of the intentions of whoever put these nooses in our public trees, our sacred public space here in Oakland, intentions don't matter. Oh, now intentions don't matter. Okay, wake up, America. I've got something to say about all of this, and you don't want to miss it. It begins in one minute.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: You know that feeling uh, that you get when you first wake up in the morning when the sun is peeking through your window and the birds are beginning to sing outside, and you just burst out of bed, heading for the shower while singing a song about how good it feels to be alive? Yeah, uh, that's never happened to me. No, uh, especially when I'm in pain. Man, I had pain last night that was just, it kept me up. I had two hours of sleep last night. I just couldn't sleep. It broke through my relief factor last night. I don't even know why. Um, but I wrote the monologue you're going to hear in a second about 2.30 in the morning. Maybe that was why. But uh, relief factor has saved me from pain so many times i mean it has really given me a life that i can uh that i can i can live uh and it's taken my pain away and it's taken a whole bunch of people that listen to this program their pain away i want you to just try it try their two-week uh or three-week uh quick start trial at relieffactor.com it's 800-583-84 800-583-84 try it relieffactor.com I want to play quickly some audio that came from Seattle and Ami Horowitz talking to one of the leaders of this Black Lives Matter group. I want you to listen to what she said. Every single day that I show up here, I'm not here to peacefully protest. I'm here to disrupt until my demands are met. You cannot rebuild until you break it all the way down. Respond to the demands of the people. Or prepare to be met with any means necessary by any means necessary mm. that's not just a slogan no 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 it's not a slogan it's not even a warning I'm letting people know what comes next a response to violence is not violence itself may I ask where are the pastors Where are the preachers? Where are the men and women of God that know what is actually happening right here, right now, and have the guts to stand up and lead this nation back to common sense, to kindness, to the Ten Commandments, the golden rule, everything our parents and grandparents taught us, all the things that that simple man from Nazareth taught? I want you to listen to me really carefully. I want you to listen to these words. This nation is not evil. But believe me, it is about to be. If good men and women do not stand up, if they continue to do nothing, the freedom we all enjoy, as well as the hope of freedom, now only dreamt about by the 40 million men, women, and children who are actual slaves today those who have been taken, ripped from their families so they could be sold to the highest bidder, and that doesn't even include the political prisoners, those who are persecuted because of their faith, their sexuality, their race, or a hundred other stupid reasons. That small flicker of hope that those people hold on to, that there's somewhere to run, that somebody cares, that somebody's coming, that somebody hasn't forgotten them, that light will be snuffed out. And we will become more dark and terrible than any of the totalitarian states Karl Marx could have ever imagined. Where are you, moms and dads, grandparents, millennials? Where are all the black matriarchs? Those of you who know what's good and healthy for your grandchildren, you know what this country can mean for them. You know your grandchildren's biggest threat comes from the streets, the gangs, the drugs, and the loss of God. Where are you? Do you realize that only 16% of the American public, and that's white and black, Republican, Democrat, only 16% of the American public are actually for defunding the police. Even fewer are for disbanding the police. Now, why is that? Because you and I both know what life in the cities would mean without a police force. We know it. Chaos, cruelty, and all those who are the most vulnerable will suffer the worst. But mark my words, no matter how much you play along, the mob will come for you. They will take what you have Because when you actually read the words or listen to people like I just played for you, the people who lead these groups, they are for revolution. They are for chaos. They are for taking you, the system, and everything you've ever held dear down, rip it apart, destroy it, burn it, and never look back. Where's your voice? America, why are you silent? What your grandparents the greatest generation. What they fought for is about to be lost, but not on the beaches of Normandy. No, shamefully, it's all about to be lost with a yawn and a whimper. Father's Day is this weekend. Where are you, fathers? Have we all been so hypnotized and so misled by social media that we fail to see the cost to our children? Hey, Columbus, Ohio. They're now demanding that the statue of Columbus be taken down. Well, when there is no Columbus, what's the name of your city? Chaz? Chop? Afraid? Look, I... I understand fear. I understand the fear of losing your job. I understand the fear of losing your friends, being an outcast. I've been there. I understand the fear of losing your life, being completely erased. But there is more to this gift of life and freedom That we have been granted here in this country. There's more to it than a job or popularity. I've lived this gift far more than my fair share. I'm okay. I'm okay. With losing it for me. If it means saving it for my grandchildren and my children, because that's what's happening. And it's our turn to stand as Martin Luther King or Abraham Lincoln stood and they were afraid. They were terrified. They were tired. Have you seen the look of Abraham Lincoln in a few short years? He didn't want to do any of that. But he knew someone had to do it. The same for Martin Luther King. He knew that he was born at that time for a reason. Just as you are born at this time for a reason as well. In this country. And it wasn't to bow down. It wasn't to kneel down. It wasn't to grovel and kiss the feet of Marxist revolutionaries. They will not bring you a new peaceful world. They will bring you one of terror, oppression, death. For our children. We're about to, we're about to hit an amazing birthday for our nation in just a few short years. 300 years. The oldest constitution in the world. And it's hanging by a thread. And what are our churches doing? Oh, shame on you, churches. Our churches are either preaching Marxism or its gateway drug from the pulpit or they're just playing it safe, carving out a space, a safe space for their church or their faith or just remaining silent so they can keep their congregation intact for the tithing money, which is worse. At least the Marxists, the social justice warriors, at least they believe in something. Do you even believe the words you preach? Have you all gone mad? Where is this? Where is freedom? Where is forgiveness? This is a message of no forgiveness. Where's the individual in this scheme? Because Christ didn't come for us as a group. He came for us each individually. This is a mob. Did 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 Jesus preach mobs, looting, class warfare? Did he teach one race over another, redistribution of wealth? Did he and his apostles throw down the statues of the Roman gods? Because certainly the Son of God found those statues offensive and personally hurtful. Do the disciples of God, do the disciples of Jesus Christ now support revenge, covetousness, and violent revolution? The lies, the deception, the downright deceit, it is evil. And if you don't see it, or at least feel that something has gone wrong here, frankly, you may be too lost. But believe me, history will find you. History will remember you for what you chose to do or not do as man's greatest experiment to see if men could rule themselves. Oh, history will remember that when it got tough, because frankly, it became too easy, you traded our freedom for what? For what? No cops? You're an imbecile. Man, if I were the devil, I couldn't have planned this better. Where are you valiant, honest men and women who are awake? Stand up. Square your shoulders. You are the son or daughter of the only king who doesn't need you. He wants you. Has anybody noticed the gift that we've been given lately? Because of COVID, we've had a short period of time where everything, all this busy nonsense of the world, is put on pause. A chance to come back to our families, to our roots, to our God. We have been taken out of the noise and the filth of the world so we could be quiet enough to remember who we really are. And yet we're still restless. Why? because even in this miraculous time, we haven't recognized the only thing that can truly give us rest. Listen, if tomorrow, and time is of the essence, if tomorrow we began a a massive national action, not to do anything but personally teach our children the true history and then stand in our own communities, we win because we surround them. Americans versus Marxists, not left versus right, Americans versus Marxist revolutionaries. But let me just say this, even if we didn't have a chance of winning, where are those who would join a losing fight just because it's right. Where are the real civil rights leaders of today who will take a beating from this Marxist mob because it's right? Where are those today that died at the Alamo? It'd be funny if it weren't so tragic. They died for the freedom of those they didn't even know. And this generation won't even risk being defriended for those we love. Where are those who came from foreign lands? Where are those who saw the promise of freedom when they were oppressed? Where are those who were held captive elsewhere? Those who loved America's founders behind the Iron Curtain? Those who know this evil because they seen this evil. They lived it when so many didn't. Your new country needs you. Where are the Cuban and Venezuelan communities Your country is being torpedoed by thieves and saboteurs that you personally have seen come and rape your own country before. This country is going down. It is time. All hands on deck. Organize yourselves. Where are the handful of men and women who know why Gandhi and MLK won? Who have the peace, the love, the fortitude to march hand in hand into the jaws of hell? Who have the? Who is it now that has the faith to know that the gospel truths are the only shield you need? Who will call out this evil by name? Who will not apologize for what you know is true? Let me tell you something. All of the forces on earth are arrayed against you. That is absolutely true. It was reported today that the leaders of Black Lives Matter have spent millions on travel and consulting. I was in the tea party. We didn't have a hundred bucks between us. And you know what? This time we won't have any of that either. But if we are united in our cause and humbly ask God for forgiveness and guidance, who could possibly stand against us? Know this. He will never be on our side. We must be on his side. And here's the great thing. They are so delusional. They think they've already won. They're arrogant. And in their arrogance, they will fail. They want violence and chaos, but if we fight fire with water, hate with love, chaos with peace, they will not know what to do. And the world will watch as perhaps they haven't, since simple Americans put a man on the moon and Martin Luther King marched against actual racist cops. The media, the elite academia, far too many in our local state and federal positions, They need you to feel small and insignificant. That's what they've been doing to you for 15 years. But you are not. You have all the power. Or they would have silenced you or me a long time ago. They are afraid of you. When we are one, we are unstoppable. Never bet against a united America. Sarah, blow off the spot. I'll make it up later. Pause for 10 seconds for the stations. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out and get the 5,000 year leap. I haven't talked about it for a while. I need you to read it. I want you to learn it. I want you to get a pocket constitution. I want you to learn it and teach it. I want you to get a Bible and read it and preach it. You need to stand. You stand proudly as an American. This country is not evil. You stand proudly with the truth. You stand peacefully together. You march like king. You are not a racist. This country is good. We We saved millions from the death chambers of marxism and we have millions more to yet set free this is not about white versus black or rich versus poor or even left versus right this is simply about right versus wrong and i for one will not go over the cliff with the rest of humanity i know what's true i know what's right you will not silence my voice We were known the world over as people who did the impossible, as a force for light and goodness, and we will be again. But only if you stand now, only if you speak now with love and only what you know to be true. It is time, America, to come out of the shadows. It is time for your voice to be heard. Take a stand. Because if you do, together we will restore our sacred constitution and the promise of the Declaration of Independence. And we will reach higher heights of opportunity and equality. Because that's the one thing we have in common with the protesters. Except I think we actually believe in it. They're just using. They're just using people. Let us live up to our ideals. Let us restore truth, justice, and the American way. Let us live the Constitution. Let us all once again find these truths to be self-evident. But let's do it together. Let's do it in peace and love and with God's light, not man's. And let us mutually pledge to one another our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. I want you to join me virtually at the Standing Rock Ranch on July second. I am going to. Uh, I'm going to show you who we really are to show you how we can unite and change the world. Bring lightness back to our country. Don't miss it. Blaze TV and all it's our social media. Program. All right, let me tell you about Hustler Turf. So um, I have to tell you that I, I used to I used to have to mow the lawn when I was a kid and I hated it until we got a, I think it was a lawn boy. Is that, was that the name of those things? And it had a little switch where you could automatically go and you're like, Oh my gosh, that was living. Uh, things have changed in the lawnmower world. Uh, and hustler turf actually changed things in about like 1960. They started doing zero turn lawnmowers, but they were made for industrial lawnmowers. Uh, they were, they were for people who used them, you know, six, seven, eight, uh, six or seven uh, days a week, uh, eight hours every day. Now they've gone into the lawnmower for you and your home, and it will save you hours, hours on working on your lawn. Hustler Turf, they're built like tanks Built like tanks. Get an extra year of extended warranty coverage. Just go to hustlerturf.com. Click on the radio uh, offer button at the top
2: of the right hand corner and enter my name, Beck. Hustlerturf.com. And go to blaze slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You get 10 bucks off your Blaze TV subscription.
0: Oh, yeah, diggity dog. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, it is the weekend of Father's Day, and I've, I've been thinking about my father uh, today, and I've also been thinking a lot about, um, because of COVID-19, how many people have not seen their father for a long time because he's elderly or in bad health, and uh, here comes Father's Day, and you're not going to be able to spend time with, a, with him again. Meanwhile, my kids are just inviting people over to the house just to cough on me, but uh, that's a different... That's a different story. If you haven't seen uh, your father for a while, I want to tell you something that StoryCorps has done. They've uh, created StoryCorps Connect, which allows people to interview a loved one remotely and then upload it to the Library of Congress, where it becomes part of American history. I think this would be a really cool Father's Day present. I mean, my kids would never do it because they're sick of hearing me talk, but... Um, the, uh, the idea that you are talking to your dad about his life and, and then it's going to the library of Congress, I think would be a great, uh, great, uh, present telling your dad what he taught you and how you feel. Now, the last time we had Dave, uh, Isay on with us uh, from story we played a clip of his son, Toby, who had coronavirus and was recovering and he was interviewing his grandmother remor- remotely about what it was like uh, to live through uh, coronavirus uh, and her losing her grandmother to the flu epidemic of 1918. If you're interested in doing this, go to storycoreconnect.org and get started. It's a great Father's Day thing. StoryCorpsConnect.org. Go there this weekend. Uh, we have Dave Isay on and with us. He's going to share a great Father's Day uh, connection story. Uh, first of all, Dave, how's how's Toby doing?
3: Hi Glenn,
4: it's it's great to hear your voice. Happy Father's Day. He's um, he's hundred days in. He's starting to get better. It's been a long road, but I really appreciate you wow. asking, remembering. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So he is a hundred days, and he's still not fully back.
4: Yeah, he's not. He's not fully. I, I think there's a lot we don't know about this uh, illness. He's he's not. You know, he's not. Wow. He's not deathly ill, but he's he, the kid's still sick. Yeah, it, it stinks.
0: It stinks. But that's I really incredible.
4: You asking, and but and he's he's doing better. He's doing better. Good, thank you. Good,
0: yeah. I'm glad to hear it. So yeah. I I gotta believe, Dave. There's a lot of people that don't get to see their dad uh, this this weekend uh, and celebrate Father's Day the way they would want to or the way we always have. Um, and uh, I would assume that your traffic is going to be very very heavy uh, this weekend. Can you give us a story? Um, I I think we have uh, William and Kimberly Weaver. Uh, yeah, about sure. Father's Day. Is that right? Can you set this story up so people f- hear what this is kind of like?
4: Sure. So this is this is an interview that was recorded um, in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's a dad um, talking to his daughter about his dad. Lynn Weaver's dad's name was Ted Weaver, and he was a jan- janitor and a chauffeur in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, uh, and Lynn wanted to talk about him to his daughter, the most important person in his life.
5: Here it is. Listen. My father was everything to me and it's actually kind of difficult talking about him without becoming very emotional up until you know he died every decision i made i'd always call him and he would never tell me what to do but he would always listen and say well what do you want to do and he made me feel that i could do anything that i wanted to do i can remember when we integrated to schools that there were many times when i was just scared and uh, I, I didn't think that uh, I would survive and I'd look up and he'd be there. And whenever I saw him, I knew that I was safe. You know, I, I always tell you that your your mama is the smartest person I've ever met. But I think my father ranks right up there as, <laughs> as as brilliant. When I was in high school, I was taking algebra and I was sitting at the kitchen table trying to do my homework. And I got frustrated. Said, so I just can't figure this out. I'm just. So my father said, what's the problem? He came by. He said, what's the problem? And I said, that's oh, just algebra. And he said, well, let me look at it. I said, "That they didn't even have algebra in your day. <laughs> and I went to sleep. And around 4 o'clock that morning, he woke me up. He said, come on, son, get up. He set me at the kitchen table. And he taught me algebra. What he had done is sit up all night and read the algebra book. And then he explained the problems to me so I could do them and understand them. And to this day, I live my life trying to be half the man my father was, just half the man. And uh, I would be a success if my children loved me half as much as I loved my father.
0: That is exactly how I feel. If if my children would love me uh, half as much. It's a uh, it's an amazing thing. Uh Dave Lin went on to
3: become
4: <laughs> Lin, went on, Lin, Lin went on to become um chairman of surgery at uh, Morehouse School of Medicine a very famous uh renowned surgeon. He passed away last year. Um oh and gosh. uh just like you you wish you could talk to your dad, I mean I think you know this time of covid is a reminder that it's important, you know, <laughs> to take the time to listen to the people we love and to honor them by saying who are you? How do you want to be remembered? Because uh, remember, your great-great-grandkids will hear this someday. So, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry about the loss yeah. of your dad whenever that was. I lost my dad, too. It. It,
0: yeah. It's tough. It never really goes away. Never really no. goes away. Nope. Nope. Um, you know, I, I have to tell you, um, my great-great-uncle and great-great-grandfather fought in the Civil War, Uh, they fought for the North. They were in Andersonville, both of them. I mean, it's a typical backstory. They were fighting for like four days and caught and (laughs) thrown into the world's worst, uh, concentration camp, or, or at least at that time. Um, and, uh, one of them died and the other one never really fully recovered. And I only have one letter from, uh, my grandfather, my great grandfather's daughter. Who talks about it uh, and it's just a, a quick paragraph and what I would give to hear yeah. their voices to yeah. hear the you know him being interviewed by by his daughter now and that's the great thing that i I want i it please I want you to understand storycorpsconnect dot org it's saved by the National Archives, so it will live on forever. And you're not just giving a gift to your dad, but you're giving your gift to your children, your children's children, their children. They will actually be able to hear the voices of the people that you hold up now and say, these are the, this is what I learned. This is the, the principles that we lived our life on. Uh, how remarkable would that be? Dave, thank you so much for everything you do.
4: You're welcome. Thank, thank you, Glenn. And Glenn, even if your kids don't want to interview you, maybe they can ask you about your dad, and you could have that record for your great-great-grandchildren. So just a thought for yeah. the weekend.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. StoryCorpsConnect.org. Story, C-O-R-P-S, org. All right, back in a minute. American Financing, NMLS, one www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Oh, we're... We're going to take on Aunt Jemima and the Syrup people here in a second. Um, You ever have the feeling, you know, uh, that at any given time, about 30 or 40 people are trying to reach into your wallet at the same moment, all of them wanting as much of your hard-earned money as they can possibly take? Yeah, I know that feeling. Having a whole list of bills can not only be overwhelming, but it can also cost you more than it actually has to, which is why debt consolidation is so important. Taking your debt from the pack of wide-ranging interest percentages down to one rate can have a remarkable effect, especially when that rate is below 4%. It's nice to be able to make one monthly payment, knock a whole bunch of debt down a notch, and have some money that you can actually save While we're on the subject, if you're paying more than 4% interest on your mortgage, it's time to refi. Mortgage rates have been dropping like flies for months now. Take advantage of it. All of this stuff has one thing in common. American Financing. Give them 10 minutes of your time today. Call them and let them see what they can do for your finances. American Financing. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net.
2: Uh, Don't forget to another one. Yeah, you were blabbing before. So we need to talk about uh, honey as well, uh, which is something, of course, you're on the air talking about when it was your wife that actually told you about it. Can you stop giving my wife credit for everything good in my (laughs) life? Because it's it's not only
0: true, it's irritating. (laughs) So anyway, uh, honey is something that uh, Lisa, Stew's wife and my wife have been on to for a long time. If you are shopping uh, online, which I think everybody does now, but if you're shopping online, the things that you purchase online, you don't have, you know, 23 hours a day to research the best deals, the online coupons, promotionals, and all that. And you don't have to. All you need to do is download the Honey app. It's free. It's easy to use. And it's not mining your data to sell to online retailers. It's going to find you the best money-saving deals. Honey works on nearly every online store, Walmart, DoorDash, Home Depot, Lululemon, Macy's, and a whole lot more. Honey has found people uh, like you about $2 billion in savings. That's why it has 100,000 five-star ratings on Google. Honey, it's free to use, and it stalls in just seconds. Get Honey today at joinhoney.com slash Beck. That's joinhoney.com slash Beck.
1: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
0: I want to tell you a story about Nancy Green. Uh, she was a wealthy, wealthy superstar in the advertising world, and she was uh, the advertising world's first living trademark. So she was the first person whose face and image and everything else was trademarked. She was 56 years old, and she was selected uh, as a spokesperson for a new product that would made its debut in 1893 at the Fair and Exposition in Chicago. Well, she was the one that was introducing this thing at the fair. And that fair was amazing. There was everything at that fair. Nobody, the things that had happened at the Chicago's World's Fair. Nobody had ever seen these things before. It was the first Ferris wheel and the first light bulb, all of these things. Um, and she was such a good uh, storyteller. She was so appealing, so warm. Everybody loved her. And so they actually had to put extra police around her booth Because she would start in and talk about this product, and everybody would come, and the word spread, and they had to keep people moving. So she had actually had extra uh, security on that. She was signed to a lifetime contract. She toured the entire country, extremely well-paid. Uh, She was a national spokesperson, which uh, she became a leading advocate against poverty and in favor of uh, equal rights for people in Chicago. She had her job until she was 89 years old. You don't know her as Nancy Green. You didn't even know that she was born a slave in 1834 in Montgomery County uh, in Kentucky. You know her as Aunt Jemima. Now, how is erasing Aunt Jemima helping black people? And by the way, I asked uh, Stu, you know, he's our stat guy. And so he looks at everything through stats. Stu, how offensive is Aunt Jemima and Aunt Jemima syrup to
2: the black community? You know, there's a pretty easy way to test that because you you can look at exactly who buys and syrup first of all anjamima is mm-hmm. the most popular syrup in america uh, by a massive margin it's about three wow. times um, as uh, popular as some of the other names you would think of mrs butterworth um which is going to be gone too yeah she's totally toast uh, mrs butterworth's on the chopping yeah. block for sure hungry jack i think it's four times as much as hungry jack so it's so sell, they sell a lot of syrup and it's something that people don't realize how big of a deal this is to shut down a brand that has three times as much business as anybody else in the market this is mm-hmm. it's not us it's not a little tiny thing um, but what's interesting is this same thing that happens all the time you know us white people come to you and we say hey native americans you know what you should be offended by the washington redskins name and native americans say hey shut up we'll tell you when we're offended about something okay uh, because it's ninety percent of uh, Native Americans are not offended by it when yeah, they actually poll people.
0: Yeah, but they don't know,
2: right? They're
0: Native Americans.
2: We're white, right? So we know what should offend them. It's the ultimate white splaining, isn't it? Oh my, we're oh, telling them it's unbelievable. We should yeah. they should be offended by something they're not offended by. So how could so you? I'm getting the
0: impression <laughs> that Aunt
2: Jemima is not offensive to African Americans. Well, let's look at it. You'd think first of all, let's start with white people. It's a very racist product, as we know. So uh, you would think we would love love this product, right? Of course, uh, of course. uh, Without even knowing it. Of course. The Consumer uh, Research uh, Outfit, Uh, numerator does studies on brands and they have a scale basically Mm -hmm. that works like this. It's got, it goes from zero to 200 is the scale with 100 being average. So the average consumer, if they were uh, a particular group, they'd be right at 100. Anything lower than that is below average. Anything above that is above average. So uh, with white people, the score on the zero to 200 scale is 88. They're slightly below average as a a people who appreciate and buy uh, an Jemima syrup, a little bit below average. Not the case. So Aunt Jemima Mm -hmm. must be hated by the African-American community because it's so offensive. It's a racist. Can you imagine this product that is being sold with racist imagery, something so bad they Mm -hmm. need to pull it off the market? It must be, what, a zero, you would think. Maybe a five. Mm -hmm. Right. Here's the Again, the scale is zero to 200. The African-American score for, uh, for Aunt Jemima is 197. It is three points away from perfect, perfect, right? Three points away from perfect. The people who are buying Aunt Jemima syrup largely are African-Americans who love this. In fact, what is cu- currently going on is we are rewarding uh, this, uh, I guess, our own white guilt here with pulling off one of african americans favorite products in the grocery store we're taking it off the shelves so they understand that it's racist against them thanks a lot white people we really appreciate it i'm sure holy cow um by the way i would like to point out you know who freaking hates aunt jemima asians asians hate aunt jemima i don't know why but I want to know. It's a new investigation we're launching here. Only a 49 out of 200. And I will say, unlike Sarah Gonzalez, our own Sarah Gonzalez, who tweeted that you should never uh, buy. She was, the only thing offensive about Aunt Jemima is that uh, their people are still buying that crappy corn syrup garbage. Uh, Hispanics love <laughs> Aunt Jemima, too. <laughs> <laughs> On average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in some major U.S. cities, basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, hair loss, or cold sores, you want treatment ASAP. That's why Roman has spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S.-licensed physician within 24 hours. Go to GetRoman.com Beck.
0: Where do we all turn when things fall apart? Well, if you're like me, you lean on things that stand the test of time. Your closest friends, your family, or a cherished movie that re-inspires. The classics are made to last, and that's why we turn to them in good times and bad. I have one of those beloved things in my life. It's my Tacovis cowboy boots. At Tacovis, they don't see themselves as just makers of quality boots and Western goods. They believe that a good pair of boots can change the way people feel about themselves. Now, why is that? Why is it that something that you put on your feet can change the way you feel inside? Because the boots are a manifestation of things that last. Boots that can weather the storm and walk confidently to the other side. Cowboy boots are, and have always been, for the frontiers ahead. Find your pair at com slash back and face the day comfortably and confidently like the generations before. For generations to come, tecovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. Tecovas slash back. Uh, let me tell you about uh, Rough Greens. Last night, we had so much fun with Uno. He was just crazy. He was jumping through the tall grass here at the ranch uh, it was like it was snow. It was this is so great. He is my best friend. He's with me all the time um, and waits for me, and, and I want the best for him. And so we put a supplement on his uh, dog food. It's jam-packed with vitamins and minerals and antioxidants, omega oils, probiotics. He is a different dog. I want you to give it to your dog. Just try it for a couple of weeks, 14-day jumpstart. Get a bag of this. 1495 see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. Go to roughgreens.com/back. Call 833-GLEN33. That's 833-GLEN33. They are so confident and so am I that you are going to see a huge difference. Uh, just try it for 2 weeks. Stop giving it to them. if it doesn't work. It's amazing.
1: Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beth Program.
0: When I was growing up, in fact, until I moved to Texas, I had never heard of Juneteenth. Well, it's Juneteenth today, and now we're on... Now, if you work at Tesla... You are, on, you are on strike or you're walking out. Remember the guy gave you your job back just a couple of weeks ago and he was a hero. Now he's a monster unless he responds to Juneteenth and talks about how important it is. They're not going to work at Tesla. You've got to be kidding me. The truth on Juneteenth. It is a very important holiday. It is one of the greater stories. And not one that makes the Democrats look real good. The truth on Juneteenth and the truth on Columbus with Michael Knowles in one minute.
1: This is the Glenn Beck program.
0: Miss a minute. You'll miss a lot today. Somewhere in America, within the sound of my voice, there's a man riding out across the amber fields of grain in the cockpit of a metal monster. Hot sunlight pours through the windows, trying desperately to overpower the air conditioning. From sun up to sundown he's doing what he's made to do. He ploughs and he plants, then he harvests, and then he prays for rain not to destroy that harvest before it's picked up. This way's gone in his family since long before he, he was a glimmering light in his daddy's eye. Now behind him, a rooster tail of grain dust speckled through with the twisting confetti of, of, uh, of chaff. It marks his progress through the enormous field. It's hard work, I know. I'm up here in the mountains where the people are farming, and it is. I don't know how they do it. Some days he goes to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning. But the next day, his integrity, the force of who he is, pulls him out of bed for another round. Resting beneath the steering wheel of the combine, his feet are covered with another form of integrity. His pair of Tecovis boots, 200 steps, all handmade, shine resplendently in the morning sun. Find your pair now at tecovas.com slash back. That's tecovas.com slash back. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. Tecovis Western goods for your frontiers. so i don't know if you've you've heard if you live in columbus ohio uh what's next they want to take down the statue of columbus you live in columbus ohio do you think it's gonna end with a statue being removed wake up america this is the most insane crap i've ever seen This is Mao's cultural revolution. They are destroying every bit of our history. I am not a fan of the Robert E. Lee statues uh, that are around in our country. I'm not a fan of it. But why are you removing it? This is an important part of our history, and we can stand there and tell our children, who is that guy? That's a guy who betrayed the country. That's a guy who went down and was part of the Confederacy. And and son, no matter what anybody tells you, it was not about state rights, because if you joined the Confederacy, you did not have the right to say no to slavery. You had to expand to slavery. So it wasn't about state rights, son. It was about slavery and money. And that man up on that statue, he betrayed everything that we we hold dear in our Declaration of Independence. Well, you've just you've just silenced me teaching my son that when we're in some city with a Robert E. Lee statue. Thank you for that. Thank you. How does that help us? Now we're doing it with Columbus, a man who, if you read his own words in his own writing, his own diary, you see what a complex and amazing guy this was. Michael Knowles, host of the Michael Knowles Show, uh, a host of the book club on PragerU. He's joining us now from Daily Wire. Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well, Glenn. Good to talk to you. Yeah, so you now you are you're Italian, so I guess you can speak with knowledge on Columbus that none of us who are not Italian can speak. Um but uh Columbus was an amazing guy and you have been talking about him and writing about him and researching cuz you saw this one coming uh for a long time. So tell people who Columbus was.
6: I uh, gladly and on your point about the Italians, I think our only hope of keeping Columbus statues up is to make this part of a sort of grievance identity politics thing for the Italians, even that is probably not going to work. You mention people tearing down Robert E. Lisa. You can't point and, and talk about how that man betrayed the Declaration of Independence. Well, we're, we're tearing down statues of the man who wrote the Declaration of Independence. We're tearing down statues no. of Washington and going all the way back to Christopher Columbus, which shows you that these protests, so-called, really would have descended into riots it's not about one particular issue in modern america or even at the time of the revolution it goes all the way back to columbus and really what it is is a revolt against western civilization because christopher columbus embodies western civilization this guy was a man of low birth he educated himself he was unbelievably determined he he went through all of the great books of western civilization traveled all around the world was determined to have a voyage funded, to find a passage to the Indies across the ocean. He went to Portugal. They said no. He went to Spain. They said no. Finally, in Spain, they said yes. He made it across the ocean using virtually nothing other than dead reckoning and his own gut. The guy basically just looked up at the stars, didn't even have basic navigational equipment, put down several mutinies, made it to the New World, expanded our civilization, and uh, he has been horribly maligned, and now especially by people who don't know a thing about him. And in the words of Carol Delaney, who's one of the, the Columbus scholars, wrote a good, good book on the man, people are accusing him of crimes that he did not commit, that actually the no. sailors who were with him may
0: have committed, but it's just terribly unfair. And he stopped... I mean, what Columbus, what was amazing about Columbus was he did go back and forth. He, when he asked the first time, uh, he was rejected in Spain because he was arrogant, but then he went to a monastery, totally dejected. And he learned about, he learned really deeply about God and how to communicate with God. And he was so humble that the, 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 uh, what do you call it? The, the fathers of that, uh, uh, sure. The brothers, yeah, the Franciscans. Yeah. The brothers, they went to queen Isabella and they said, you have to meet with him again. You have to, he's a different man. And all he wanted to do was finish a mission for the glory of God. And he gets on the boat and all the way, read his diary all the way along. He is talking about, uh, you know, God and how he feels led by God. And he's going to find this place. Uh, and he's going to discover it. And he, he breaks all kinds of odds and gets there. When he gets there, he does start to have a little bit of gold fever. And he starts to think, well, you know, I could go. I could go back. I want to be the governor of this land. He, when he goes back, he is arrogant again. And he is broken. He is a broken man. Never allowed to come back. Um, and, and was not for crimes? I believe it was it was punishment kind of for God. He became so arrogant. But what he did was noble. What he did was great. If you look at what he did and how he he loved the natives, loved the natives. Well, well, how is it? this he a loved- problem?
6: He loved the natives uh, he loved the natives so much that actually he adopted the son of one of his Native American friends what you 've got to remember though, and I think what modern revisionists do is they whitewash everything, and they, they portray the natives as all exactly the same. And, th- and that isn't the case like any other people. They were, they were different, and they were varied. So the first group of natives that Christopher Columbus encountered, the Taino Indians, were very nice. They were very really peaceable, and right, he instructed right. his, his sailors to be kind to them and not to take advantage of them. There were other groups of islanders that the, that those islanders warned them about the Carib islanders, who were famously, mm-hmm. notoriously cannibals. That's actually where we get the word cannibal from. There were some peaceful tribes, some warlike tribes. You you mentioned Columbus's pride, and then you know his humility because of the pride. He would wear a hair shirt. He would he, he was aware of this problem of his, and he would intervene at, at times on behalf of Native Americans other Spaniards wanted to hurt them. But a, a lot of this issue comes from one document that was written by Columbus's chief political rival. That was a man named Francisco de Bobadilla, And all of these modern articles that are seeking to tear down Columbus are based on the writings of this man who ultimately took power from Columbus in the Indies. This is not to say that Columbus was guiltless but it is to say, when you look at other people, for for instance, Bartolome de las Casas, the first resident bishop of the Americas, one of the greatest defenders of Native Americans ever, he remained a great defender and admirer of Columbus throughout the end of his life. But this man, Bobadilla, wrote what Columbus perceived to be defamation, calumny about him. Columbus spent the rest of his life trying to correct the record. It would be as though, mm-hmm. talk about an imperfect man, you look at someone like Donald Trump, right? This is a guy who, certainly he has issues. But if you want Wanted to assess his character will you only rely on a book written by hillary clinton i don't think so i think that would be a little bit biased and it would lead you to some wrong conclusions
0: so what is should what should the people uh, in uh columbus ohio expect i mean they're now demanding that the statue of columbus come down what should they do and how should they defend it
6: well, what, should, what is the end goal of this tearing down of statues? Uh, actually, speaking of Trump, he predicted this a couple of years ago. He said, you're going to tear down Robert E. Lee, but very soon you're going to tear down Jefferson, you're going to tear down Washington, and they've been going after Columbus for a while. Is the idea here that any man who was imperfect is going to have his statue taken down? Well, if that's the case, then we simply won't have any statues because men are imperfect. Mm-hmm. Think about how history will judge us. And then if, if the tearing down of statues is really about a hatred of our own civilization, I would suggest two things. I would say, first of all, look around at other civilizations. They're blaming Christopher Columbus for all sorts of crimes. I mean, really, I guess an issue at, at, at play right now is slavery. The, uh, the other day, Tim Kaine, the senator, accused America of inventing slavery. I've got news for Tim Kaine and everyone else slavery has always existed, and it still exists today in many places in the world. It's not that we invented slavery. Actually, we're just about the only civilization to abolish slavery. So there's an educational component here. You actually have to learn about your civilization. And then what you need is what Columbus himself knew that he needed, which is a little bit of humility, because we sit on our perch of the modern world that this man created, and other great men created and we think that we are flying as we stand on the shoulders of those giants i think a little bit of humility would help our national conversation and help our understanding of our own history
0: well that sounds exactly like something a racist would say uh, so <laughs> <Good point. laughs> and don't deny it mike because that's the only thing i mean that's exactly what racists say so of we course. know they deny not uh, mike it Yes, Michael Knowles, uh, Michael Knowles uh, from Daily Wire. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Michael. All right. Thank you, Glenn. All right. I want to you bet. I want to take a quick second to break. Then I want to talk to you about Juneteenth and some other things uh, that uh, are happening in our world. What's happening in Atlanta is an abomination, an absolute abomination First, let me tell you about real estate agents I trust. Trying to sell your home is challenging, and that's why a real estate agent who comes in and says, I'm going to put up some balloons and we're going to have an open house, and you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, that may be part of the plan, but what's the rest of your plan? How are you going to get people to see my house? Because I know when I see a sign that says open house and it has balloons by the sign, I don't care. I look at things online. If I'm gonna buy a house, I look at things online and then I go find them. So how are you gonna get my attention to go walk through that house? You gotta have the right real estate agent with the right plan, and we've we believe we've found those agents in your area. Real estate agents I trust dot com. Real estate agents I trust dot com. I'm not asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to reach out to realestateagentsitrust.com. Tell them if you're looking to buy or sell a house, what, you know, where, where you are. And we will send you the name of a real estate agent that we've already checked out that we think has the marketing plan and everything else that you need. You do your own homework on them and interview them. And I'd interview a few people, but make sure you stop by and meet the real estate agent that we trust. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds station ID. I want to talk to you I want to talk to you about the times that we live in right now. I think there're too many people that are buying into this crap and and you look, we're like we're like an abused child right now. We have been abused by the media, we've been abused by uh the the government, all of our institutions. Have beaten us over the last fifteen or twenty years with "you're nothing," "you're nothing," "you're bad," "you're you're racist," "you're killers," "you're nothing." And there's and there's only so much of that you can take. I mean, you can dismiss it and you can say, "No, we're not." But if you're hearing it from everybody over and over and over again, you start to just kind of like, "Well, maybe we are." Well, we are not. And I know it's overwhelming, but we got to stop walking through this, this haze that never seems to end. This is not the only time in American history where, where things were dark. We make it through this if we stand up shoulder to shoulder, lock arms, and we unite. It seems like this night has gone on forever, but there have been many, many times in American history where an actual one-day night seem to go on forever. War of eighteen twelve, Battle of Baltimore, Fort McHenry, Francis Scott Key. British bombs all day night into the all day and into the night more than twenty four hours. Fifteen hundred times British cannons ring out, filling the air with smoke, but every time Key, who is locked into the the brig of a British ship, every time he peers out the window. He sees the American flag flying, and at dawn, the morning of September 14th, the American defenders lowered the flag and then raised a large 30 by 42 foot garrison flag to prove that, yes, it is still here. It's where we get our national anthem from. The flag that Key saw not only flew as a symbol. Of the noble men and women who ushered in our liberty with their sweat and blood. But it stood for the entire idea of freedom. The emblem of the land of the free and the home of the brave. You can't have freedom without brave. You have to have the brave, the the bravery of millions of men and women, and sometimes just one. This is my home. This is your home. This embodies everything that I hold dear. You are not going to destroy it for some utopian dream, which is a lie. You know, if I believed that you actually thought that men didn't have to be liquidated, you might have me listening a few minutes longer. But your plan is liquidation. Your plan is stomping on, silencing anyone who will not go along with you. That is not the American dream. I don't need you to agree with me, and I don't need to agree with you. And we can still be neighbors. Unless we believe that government has a right to stomp on people. In the face of everything happening today things might feel impossible terrifying but we've been here before there's a musical where one of the lines they're talking about freedom one of the lines in the song says I'm frightened and their leader says as well you should be freedom itself is scary it's a blast of cool wind that burns your face to wake you up Well, let this be the cool blast of air on your face today, America. Wake up. Get up. Get out of your slumber. Admit that this is really happening. This is not the time to kneel. This is the time to stand. Do not kiss the hand of any man. I will have no king but God. Look up. Lift up. Help up together, united. This is, the men- this is the message from the Standing Rock Ranch, my ranch up in Idaho, that I want to invite you to virtually on July 2nd. That's the Thursday before July 4th. I'm doing everything. We have a rehearsal today on the ranch of over 400 people. It's quite a production. But it will be something that you and your grandkids, I think, will never forget. I to remind you, at the end of this twilight, this perilous fight with bombs bursting in the air, there will be dawn's early light. And that banner will wave over the land of the free and the home, the home of the brave that's you. Recognize your place. Recognize your calling. Recognize your voice. And stand for all of the things that you hold dear. They can intimidate all they want. But if you didn't have the power, they would have already silenced you.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: All right, then, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Rectech. It's a great grill. Just a great grill. Um, the uh, the Rectech grill is built by grillers for grillers. And I mean, the like the people who go for the championship, you know, best ribs and all that stuff. This is a really high-tech grill. Uh, I'm a king about uh, uh, cooking just about anything on this. It's almost impossible to, th- to th- screw things up. Um, it's versatile. It's built like a tank. It's the last grill you're ever going to want to buy. Uh, I think it's the last grill you will ever buy. It is. It's built like a tank. It ain't going anywhere. Uh, I want you to go to RecTech Grills today. And this is the last day you can do this to sign up for your chance to win the RecTech grill that I use. I mean, not the same one, but you know, the same model. It's great. Go to rectechgrillscom Beck. Makes a great Father's Day gift. rectechgrillscom Beck. Even if your kids won't buy it, maybe you should just go online and register to win. This weekend, Father's Day,
2: com slash back. Brand new Glenn Beck tonight, as well as a new Studas America, Studas Seattle tonight. Go to Blaze com slash Glenn, get ten bucks off.
0: Well, welcome to Juneteenth. If you've never heard of Juneteenth, you're probably not alone. Uh, I didn't know about it until we moved to Texas. It's, it's been celebrated in Texas for a very long time. And I guess it's kind of a Texas uh, holiday, but it's being celebrated this year uh, all around uh, the country. And I think that's a good thing because there's something very important to learn uh, from the holiday of Juneteenth. It's the oldest national celebrated commemoration of ending of slavery in the United States. And it dates back to 1865 and it happened on June 19th, 1865. There was a union soldier that came into um, Galveston, Texas. And all of these soldiers came in with major general Gordon Granger. And this is, This is after the war has ended, all right? Uh, and slaves had been freed through the Emancipation Proclamation for a very long time, but the people in, in, in Texas didn't know, and they didn't know that the war was over, because which plantation owner was gonna tell their slaves that the war was over? Who was gonna tell their slaves, oh, by the way, you're free? None of these, none of these Confederates were. And the problem is, that uh, uh, the, the Union didn't have a lot of soldiers down in Texas. They had very few people down in Texas. So there was nobody to deliver the news, and it took time to deliver the news. So anyway, on June 19th, Major General Jordan Granger and his troops uh arrive in Galveston, Texas. That's two and a half years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. And he stands up and he says, uh, all slaves, for two and a half years, you've been free. The war is over. The Emancipation Proclamation. These Southern Democrats, these Southern rebels... Did not want you to know this, but you are free. It was deliberately withheld. That's what Juneteenth is all about. And the important lesson to learn. The Democrats that were enslaving and fighting for slavery were the reason why Juneteenth was two and a half years late. Don't worry, they've completely changed. You can see by all of their policies they're not trying to enslave anyone today. In fact, let me tell you about the Atlanta DA, Paul Howard. Now, Paul Howard is the guy that said you know, the cop that shoot the that shot the guy who that took the taser from the other cop, um he's been charged with murder. Murder. In fact, his stepmother or his uh, is it his stepmother or uh, yeah, I think it is his his stepmother has been fired. I think only because she was the stepmother of this cop. Really? Welcome to America. Twenty twenty gang. Things are completely out of control. Now, the, the Georgia uh, Bureau of Investigation that was investigating this, they were asked by the, the DA to investigate. Well, they've been investigating. They haven't even turned anything in yet, and the DA has just decided, I'm going for murder. Did, did anybody see that shooting? Because that wasn't murder. But I guess it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter because the Atlanta DA, Paul Howard, is fighting for his political life. He's currently under investigation by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation for his alleged use of a nonprofit to funnel at least $140,000 in city of Atlanta funds to supplement his salary. Oh, yeah, and he's also facing multiple sexual harassment lawsuits. This guy's a prince. And then there's this. The State Ethics Commission is alleging that Howard committed a dozen violations of public disclosure law. Investigation allegedly reveals violations spanning for five years. So it kind of puts into perspective why this guy is using the emotions of African-Americans to go so tough on the cops. Oh, man. A man on probation who failed a sobriety test, who had, who had just left prison for beating children. He fought and attacked the police, stole one of their weapons. It was a taser and fired it at them. I'm curious. Uh, what the hell did the DA expect the police to do? What, what, what was it? What would have justified deadly force in his mind? What if the taser fired by Brooks would have uh, inca- incapacitated one of the officers? What if Brooks then went back and picked up their gun? Because that's why the police have to use deadly force once they get any kind of weapon, and one of the officers is down. All of it was possible, and it all happened in the in at about a two second span. The D.A. said the shooting was unjustified because tasers aren't considered deadly weapons. Wow, really? Because that's not what he believed two weeks ago when he charged six police officers with aggravated assault for using a taser against protesters. I want you to listen to what he said just a couple of weeks ago.
5: ...and charged with aggravated assault of uh, Ms. Pilgrim, and this is for pointing a taser at Mrs. Pilgrim, and uh, as many of you all know, under Georgia law, a taser is considered as a deadly weapon under Georgia law.
0: Ah, so these police officers pointed a taser. This guy actually shot a cop with his own taser, and now it's not a deadly weapon. Now, either he's had a change of heart, or he changes his stance on deadly force whenever it fits his political ambitions. I think it's pretty clear to see which one it is. An officer-involved shootings, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation is required to investigate and submit a report to the district attorney, but the DA didn't consult with the GBI. Their formal statement yesterday said GBI was not aware of the press conference before it was conducted. We were not consulted on the charges filed by the district attorney. Despite today's occurrence, the GBI will complete its mission of completing an impartial and thorough investigation of this incident, and it will submit the file once completed to the Fulton County District Attorney's office. But see, he can't wait because he's waiting for re-election. He hopes that the GBI will come back and say, well, "What are you doing?" So he can be the man as a black man, a very corrupt black official who is ripping his own people off, taking money from the city illegally. Oh, he's going to be oh, he's fighting for you. Oh, sure. Because he's fighting multiple sexual harassment lawsuits, a formal investigation by the GBI, fighting off official ethics complaints. He's just going to weaponize. He's going to weaponize this story. Why? Because he wants power. Atlanta cops, I don't know why you're still on the job. I really don't. They're calling in sick, some of them, refusing to answer calls, some of them. I don't blame you at all. I think you're you're being used, your lambs, led to the slaughter by somebody who's supposed to be on your side, and all because of dirty, corrupt politics. Do you know that Atlanta already has a hard time getting officers to join the Atlanta police? They already have. You know, what, you know who they've started to interview and hire because they can't get anybody? Convicted felons <clears throat> can now become police officers in Atlanta. Oh, that's going to work out really well. Really well. You got to see this, all of this, for what it is. People aren't looking for the truth anymore. Do you hear the story coming out of Oakland Mayor Libby Schaaf. Oh, well, I, I think I might just have a case of the, the vapors. Uh I'm Libby Schaaf, and I just I can't tolerate these nooses hanging from the trees at Lake Merritt. Whoa, wait, what? Oakland? Somebody's hanging nooses from the trees? Now, there is a serious problem. That is a real sign of racism. That's a problem. Okay, I'm all in, Mayor Libby. Well, Mayor Libby says I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna investigate this as a hate crime. Well, was it because the guy who hung the quote-unquote nooses uh, said they're not nooses? Uh, that's part of my exercise equipment. Well, Libby says. <laughs> Well, I just don't know what you're saying. These have no place in our city at any time, but especially at this time. These incidents are going to be investigated as a hate crime. Meanwhile, the guy who put them up said, "Wait a minute, no that 's not what they are i i I work out in the park these these are this is actually part of my exercise equipment well i don't I just want you to be clear here. I, I want you to listen to me. It doesn't matter, and I am quoting. Regardless of your intentions or whoever put these nooses in our public trees well I did and they're not nooses <laughs> hear me out whoever put these nooses in our public trees in our sacred public spaces here in Oakland oh the attention the intention just doesn't matter wait the intention doesn't matter okay well I've heard facts don't matter I've heard that we know the intent of the person who did it. We know that. But now intentions don't matter. So facts don't matter and intentions don't matter. Uh, the person stepping up and saying, I'm the one who did it doesn't matter. The guy who exercises in the park using those things, which is why he put them in the trees. They're not nooses. And by the way, he's a black man. That doesn't matter. It is a hate crime. Uh, the insanity that the democrats brought on to the african american in the 1800s all the way through the 1960s all of the all of the double talk bull crap all of the things they did to oppress black people they're doing the same thing now why i i just don't know what you're talking about oh my what do you say we sit here spell and have some iced tea? No thanks. Racists, I know what you're doing to African Americans and it's despicable. So from our Oakland mayor who doesn't have any any desire to actually find the truth except the one she's looking for. To the D.A. who doesn't find it, doesn't care if they find a truth, doesn't care if he doesn't convict these people. He's going to go for the worst. And then when he loses, he will just stir it up. And I was the only defender there for you. But all he's trying to do is to get you to forget all of his crimes. (laughs) Why? I just don't see why Americans just don't see this today. I talked a lot on the program about Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, and how My Pillow continues to revolutionize the way I sleep and others sleep. So I've tried a lot of his products. I've tried his sheets, I've tried his towels, which are great. His sheets are really unbelievable. Uh everything he has sent me, I've loved, and I it started with a pillow which I didn't think I'd like at all. My Pillow is one of those companies that we as conservatives can look at and say, These are the good guys. These are the guys standing and not only making a great product, because I'm not going to buy a product because they stand on my side. I'm going to buy a product that's really good. And if I have a choice and there's somebody that's standing on my side and it's a tiebreaker, that's it. Well, this guy not only is making great products, but the company is also on our side. If you've been listening you know you can get my pillows uh at buy one get one free and they've been offering this on many of their products their duvet co- co- covers the uh the pillows like their bolster neck and giza elegance pillows and so much more. And they're offering deals on both reusable and disposable face masks now as well. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials to check out the buy one, get one free deals. Also, deep discounts on all other MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code BACK or just call 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. Get the great radio specials now. Use the promo code BACK at MyPillow.com. This is the Glenbeck program. Boy, the anti Semitism that is happening with de Blasio and the city of New York is stunning. Stunning. Uh, there is now a. Um, uh, there's now a, a lawsuit from the Orthodox Jews uh, cele- uh, uh, suing de Blasio and Cuomo for discrimination over the lockdown rules. And it's a pretty... I mean, I don't know how they lose this case. Uh, we have Christopher Ferrara coming up in about a half hour from now. Also, Niger Innes, who is amazing. He's a civil rights leader, national chairman of the Congress of Racial Equality. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Black Lives Matter. And he's not your typical jesse jackson kind of civil rights leader i find him more of a real civil rights leader uh uh, Innes is going to be joining us here in just a second on juneteenth
2: juneteenth is great i mean i love the fact that we're celebrating the ending of one of the worst government programs ever created um i am totally behind that the name, though, I, I, I would say needs some work. It's just a combination of June 19th and they just took the nine out. Juneteenth? It's like a child made it up. I don't know. The history of it is probably amazing, but it just, I don't know. It doesn't work. I think it's the, the Patagonian toothfish of holiday names. We need to Chilean Sea Basset uh, immediately. That's <laughs> just an opinion,
0: though. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure somebody's working on a makeover for this holiday and its meaning
1: is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: america is ready to get back to work but to win in this new economy you need every advantage you can get to succeed smart companies run on netsuite by oracle the world's number one cloud business system with netsuite you're going to have visibility and control over all of your financials hr inventory e-commerce and so much more everything you need all in one place so whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales NetSuite by Oracle lets you manage every penny with precision and you'll have the ability to compete with anyone work from anywhere and run your whole company right from your phone. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to make it happen. NetSuite surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies that they're using as America reopens for business and you can get that guide free right now. Just go to NetSuite.com back That's NetSuite.com back If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business netsuite.com slash hey everybody knows paypal but did you know that they were teaming up with honey to save you money honey is the free online shopping tool that automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart and now it's part of the paypal family just add honey to your computer and shop on all of your favorite sites like normal when it comes to checkout just click the little apply coupons button When it pops up, a few seconds later, Honey scans the database for all the working coupons on the web, and watch your price drop. Honey works on nearly every online store, Walmart, DoorDash, Home Depot, uh, Lululemon, Macy's. Honey has found over $2 billion in savings. That's why they have over 100,000 five-star reviews on Google Chrome Store. Not using honey is literally passing up free money. It is free to use and installs in just a couple of seconds. Get money for free by joining Honey. Join Honey.com slash back. That's joinhoney.com slash back. Someday in the future, 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 future. All of our cars uh, are gonna be flying cars, and I'm not sure you'll need car shield then, uh, because when the warranty expires, I'd I'd get out of the flying car, you know? Uh, oh, it's Mercury Real Estate. Oh, well, if you want to sell your home, am I doing car shield in a minute? When you want to sell your home, uh, Mercury Real Estate, real estate agents I trust are the people that can really help you. Uh, I got to get back to the flying car. So that was going to be a good story. Um, There's no guarantee that the housing market is going to stay stable. In fact, it looks like house values are going to plunge in the not-too-distant future, maybe six months to a year. Uh, you got to get your house sold now on time for the most amount of money. And uh, if you're thinking about buying or selling, now is the time to do it. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com.
1: fusion of entertainment and enlightenment this is the glenn beck program
0: what is a civil rights leader uh i'm not really sure because the civil rights leaders that i have seen in the last 30 years have all been frauds the al sharptons the jesse jacksons uh, they are They are talking people into poverty, talking people into slavery. Uh, They are doing it for money, for Rolex watches, for powers. I, I don't know. But a real, a real civil rights leader would be standing up for the individual, not the mob. Standing up for the individual and telling the individual, you have the power. You can make something of your life. You know, there's a reason why our... Our rear view mirror is small and our front windshield is big because we should be spending most of our time looking out the front windshield to see where we're going, not where we've been. A real civil rights leader in one minute.
1: This is the Glenn Beck program.
0: All right. Let me let me tell you about the future, 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 future. Where all of our cars will be flying cars and and it'll be bad because when the warranty goes out, then, you know, your car just falls out of the sky and you go up in a ball of flame. I think I think I don't know your roadside assistance really won't be needed um, because there won't be anything left. But uh, until that time, when your warranty expires, may I suggest car shield because. They have the 24-hour roadside assistance if you need it. They have the the free rental car while yours is in the shop, and they have customizable monthly plans, rates as low as ninety nine dollars a month. I mean, we all know your car is going to break down, right? My car is going to break down. Your car is going to break down, and it usually happens after the warranty. Don't care if your car has a you know five hundred or or one hundred and fifty thousand miles on it. If you're out of warranty. Let them take care of all of it. All right. With rates as low as $99 a month, you have nothing to lose. Get covered by CarShield at 800 car 6000. Mention the promo code back or visit carshield.com and use the promo code back. You'll save 10%. That's carshield.com promo code back. Deductible may apply. Niger Innes, he is a civil rights leader, national chairman, Congress of uh, Racial Equality. We thought we would get him on. We've been trying to get him on for a while. I I really respect his voice um, and his bravery uh, for standing up now and talking about things that nobody really wants to hear. Except, I think, the American people that are honestly trying to solve uh race relations and trying to get trying to get us to move forward and everything that is happening i believe is setting us way back niger how are you
3: good morning uh glenn it's great to be on with you
0: thank you so please please explain to me What's happening to the black community? Are, are, do, they, do they actually agree with like what's happening in Atlanta? We all agree on Minnesota, but do they actually agree with what's happening in Atlanta and what's happening now in our cities? Is that the majority of black Americans?
3: No, I don't think it's the majority, but it is extremely loud uh, minority that gets facilitated by the mainstream media. Uh, into making people believe that it 's uh, an actual majority uh, in the black community, the reality is uh most of us in the black community uh while many of us sympathize with the rank and file protesters, the overwhelming majority Mm -hmm. of which I think want to be peaceful and are, uh, uh, you know, trying to protect black lives. Uh, The overwhelming majority of us do not support violence. We do not support burning down of a Wendy's that had absolutely nothing to do with that that, that tragedy, that tragic case in Atlanta. And listen, I was talking to another black leader, and he was saying, you know, young what what's going on in our cities right now what's going on in our country right now where you create this animus between the police and the community in particular among young black men and uh the police is a clear and present danger to the lives and the safety of young black men it's a very dangerous time he was very 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 concerned
0: well i'm concerned because this is this is a generational thing uh And I think the next generation that's coming up behind this one is not going to be having the same kind of opinion um, if we make it that far uh, and you know what what are you going to do with th- this whole generation that is embracing Marxism and truly just trying to destroy the western way of life that's all this is really about. There there are, like you said, I think, really honest protesters, black, white, yellow, everybody, that really see and say, you know, we we want justice. We want justice for everybody, and everybody should be treated equal. And I think there are a lot of good people, but they're not paying attention to who's leading these things and who's funding these things and what they stand for. They're being used, Niger. Uh, Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. They are useful uh, dupes. They're innocent. Their heart is in the right place, but they're being used, uh, like you said. The founders of the BLM movement, uh, Elisa Garza and the two others, are very open. I mean, here's the thing, Glenn. It's not me saying bad things about them. It's not you saying bad things about them. It's what they say about themselves. They are self-identified queer Marxist feminists with a particular agenda and if you don't believe glenn beck don't believe Nigerinus. just go to the black lives matter website and you will see uh uh from uh, root and branch you will see the entire marxist playbook from deconstructing the nuclear family which by the way is the one institution the nuclear family one dad one mom in a, a household raising children that is the one institution that saved the black community for decades yes. before the Civil Rights decades. Revolution. And, and, and exactly you know, Bob right. Woodson, who's another person you should have on very soon, a great civil rights uh, icon, actually a peer of my father, he says that in 1965, before the war on poverty, 85% of black children. Mm-hmm were being raised in households with one dad and one mom, and eighty. And, if and I'm the fact of the matter is, pardon?
0: No, I was just going to say, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they have a better uh, family, stronger family unit than white in the early 1960s? Yes.
3: It, yes, in the in the Great Depression, all the way to the beginning of the War on Poverty, the uh, in child, uh, the, the the nuclear families in black communities was higher percentage than the average white family. And tragically, I think Lyndon Baines Johnson, his heart might have been in the right place, but actually the war on poverty ended up being a war on on the black family. And the breakdown of the black family is a direct connection to the uh, socioeconomic ills in the black community that we have had ever since and that we have today.
0: So, Nigel, can I say something kind of controversial that I don't have any evidence of? I've wanted to do the research on this and write a book, but I just I I don't have the time, uh, at least yet. But maybe before I die, um, I really believe Johnson was one of the worst racists ever. I mean, he's the guy who stopped the Civil Rights Act in 1959 uh never 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 if you look at what he said even when he was president the way he spoke about blacks and the and he was just an out and out racist and i find it interesting that he's the guy that delivers this and that this the, the progressive movement was also you know through through planned parenthood trying to kill african americans for years for decades and Absolutely. then all of a sudden all of these people they come together and they come up with the great society to help inner cities when the results are slavery the results are devastating to the black community do you think there's a possibility that any of these guys knew exactly what they were doing when they when they put this civil rights uh, uh bill together in the or the great society Do you think there was a chance that they knew?
3: I think some of the progressives definitely did. I actually think Johnson, who grew up a segregationist, I do believe he had a legitimate change of heart. And he really did Mm. want to do something for poor blacks and whites, uh, for for that matter. But there was also a political calculation. And it is rumored that during uh, the passing of these, of this legislation and the war on poverty that Johnson said that these N-words will be wedded to the Democratic Party forever. And that is insidious, and that is disgusting, and unfortunately, it manifests itself uh, quite greatly. You know, Glenn, you talked about a couple of uh, days ago, I, I, as you can tell, I listen to your show, not even when well, I'm you. on. <laughs>
5: and, wow, um, thank you very much.
3: About uh, you, have, you have a great program, and, and, and you've done a great deal of education. People should be calling you Professor Beck because you've done a mm-hmm. great deal of civic and historic, historic information that the American people are not getting in our schools, and you talk about the great Booker T. Washington, and when he, when he passed away in 1916, how it left a void in the black community in terms of bootstrap conservatism. Actually, uh, Marcus Garvey, uh, who was a great uh, Pan-Africanist, came in and stepped into the void to some degree, but he was only in power for maybe five to six, seven years. After he ended up being deported uh, uh, from the country and put in jail, um, there was a huge void in the black community and the socialists and the progressives latched on to the black community like leeches and have you know and even though the black community for for many decades after that remained republicans Uh, uh, disproportionately, majority of us remain Republicans. We were certainly pro-capitalist, pro- Constitution, etc. Inevitably, the progressives won. Uh, Hopefully, it's a temporary victory, but there's no question that they came to dominate Black politics, came to dominate uh, Black leadership, and it manifested itself in that war on poverty, which essentially became a war on the Black family and, and, ideologically speaking, became a war on the concept that had wedded the uh, black american community to the essence of the united states for decades and that was the thing that that helped us to survive uh, during the worst parts of segregation
0: niger how do what do you say to people like me or others that actually do care and i thought we've you know we're never going to achieve the utopian world of all men are created equal and endowed by their creator. I mean, that is the greatest mission statement of all time. And because we're flawed human beings, we will ebb and flow. But for the most part, I really feel that we made great progress. And the last 10 or 15 years have been a nightmare. And we're, we're being driven apart. And yet there's a lot of Americans, white Americans that, they we want to make things better, and we want to make sure that everybody has a chance uh, What do you say to us who don't know what to do don't know what to say um and and won't kiss the hand or kiss the ring of Marxist socialists?
3: I say have faith, have confidence we've overcome worse and i'm actually i'm Tremendously optimistic, even though those in the mainstream media and some elements or most elements of what calls itself black leadership have a particular perspective, the overwhelming majority of blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asian Americans, we get along. We just want to go about our lives, make a living for our families, get our children uh, to go to school or to trade school or get a good job. Um, that's what most of us want. And the fact of the matter is, in terms of a multiracial, ethnic even multilingual uh, republic that we're in, America is not a country. It's a miracle. I mean, you've had the pleasure, I've had the honor and privilege of traveling around the world. There is nothing like America. And the degree to which white Americans have changed and evolved and grown since the battle days is an amazing uh, achievement on the part of the United States of America. And I think it is because of our Constitution, it is because of our Judeo-Christian traditions, that keep us on on the right track you know let's go to the the nadir of race relations it would have to be for black americans the plessy versus ferguson decision that uh essentially codified segregation and made it legal throughout the land well, there was one dissent, and I like to call this guy the grandfather, the spiritual grandfather of Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, statement, Content of Character. And in that decision, it was eight to one, okay? It was, it was almost unanimous, but there was one dissenter, and that dissenter was John Harlan, a Southerner, <laughs> a Southerner that mm-hmm. had been pro-slavery, a Southerner that changed, that evolved and grew, and by the way, in his dissent, which I urge all. All of your listeners to, and, and watchers to read thoroughly. It's brilliant. But in that dissent, he actually says, I'm a white supremacist. I believe the white man is superior. But essentially, he said, But that does not matter. Our Constitution is a colorblind document. It is a document that says wow. that when it comes before the law, the highest of the high is equal to the lowest of the low. And that dissent. A thousand years from now, will be looked at historians as one of the greatest. It is, I think, right now uh, considered one of the greatest descents in our history, and that concept and that vision is what Dr. Martin Luther King inherited and said from the Lincoln Memorial when he said we should be judged on the content of our character, not the color Mm -hmm. of our skin. And that concept and that vision is what should give Americans optimism and give us hope as we will overcome this this nonsense that we're dealing with.
0: Talking to the uh, National Chairman uh, Congress of uh, Racial Equality, Niger Um, Niger, um, one last thought. Are we going to see uh, a, a group of people uh, led by a, a brave individual use the tactics that Martin Luther King used because they're violent. Martin Luther King was peaceful. Are we going to see somebody r- rise up that will teach people how to link arms and walk through the jaws of hell and take a beating if that's what it means? Because the American people need to see, as Martin Luther King said, when the American people are shown good versus evil side by side, they will always go with good. Absolutely. And I
3: think it's not going to be one. I think it's going to be several of us. That I don't think it's going to be limited good. to one race. I think it's going to be a multiracial coalition that represents the true majority of Americans that love our country that love our Constitution, that have uh, are very happy that we have the Judeo-Christian tradition that we have, and we rest upon that, regardless of what your faith may be. It is that tradition that protects us, that tradition, the Ten Commandments, which are universal in terms of uh, morality. Mm-hmm. That's what underguides us. That's what gives us the foundation that we will use to achieve victory.
0: Niger, when you find that group or when that group starts i would be honored to march next or behind anyone that actually believes the things that martin luther king did uh and march with you right through the jaws of hell please can please consider me an ally on that
3: absolutely glenn you're you're a good friend a good ally and you've done a great great deal to educate the american people in ways that Unfortunately, many of our public schools don't do anymore.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, Niger Innes uh, from CORE will uh, be back in one minute. First, let me tell you about RecTech Grills. Uh, summer is finally here. I uh, luckily escaped the heat of Dallas, which I think is what? A hundred and. 70? 70? Yep, 170, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 170. Uh, fry an egg on the sidewalk. You don't need the sidewalk, just a, you get a chicken and it fries inside of them. Uh, Rectech Grills are great when you are out and you are ready to, to, uh, smoke something really good and you don't have to be standing over the grill the whole time in the hot, in the heat. RecTech Grill with its smart grilling technology right at your fingertips. You're free to put the meat on and go relax inside. Let the grill do all the work. It's uh, a chance for you also this weekend to win the same grill that I use. RecTech's Father's Day contest is going on. All you need to do is go to rectecgrills.com slash Beck. RecTechgrills.com slash Beck. Enter to win a, uh, a RecTech grill for yourself for Father's Day. Uh, or, you know, if you want to get your dad something really amazing, get the RecTech grill. He, he will love it and you will never regret it r-e-c-t-e-c tec grills with an s dot com slash back 10 seconds station ID really glad that you're here thank you so much for listening uh we've got uh we've got a lot of things going on today. I'm up at the ranch. We, I was out in the middle of one of our pastors, uh, pastors, uh, pastures with uh, uh, the porta potty guy last night uh, and a guy who's cooking dinner. It was supposed to be for 150 people. We're doing a rehearsal for this thing on July 2nd, and uh, it's turned into 400 people. And the guy who came with the, the, the smokers, he was like, wait, what? I said, don't worry. I think Pizza Hut, Where we're going to empty them out uh, tonight as well. So uh, we have a special coming up on July 2nd from my ranch, the Standing Rock Ranch in Idaho, and you do not want to miss it. It is full of hope, truth, education, and action. You don't want to miss my celebration of American independence. July 2nd, Blaze TV and Dan all program. social media so let me tell you um let me tell you a little bit about relief factor relief factor life is complicated life is tricky and there's all kinds of things going on and uh, as i found out last night uh, i had one of the worst bouts of pain i've had in a very very long time and uh, just got about 2 hours of sleep and just it wouldn't stop it wouldn't leave me alone uh, not everything can cure everything but i will tell you that i I paint, in fact, behind me, I don't know if you can see, there's a painting that I did last weekend. Um, I, I couldn't even pick up a paintbrush a few years ago before I started taking Relief factor. I, I, I love to write with an ink pen and uh, didn't think I could even do that because my hands would be in so much pain. It would I could write for about 30 seconds. And I thought that part of my life was over. It's not. It's Relief Factor. Man, I'll tell you, it has given me my life back. It's not a cure-all, but nothing is. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Get your life back like I have.
2: 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It's available every, every episode of the show is free. Rate and review as well. Available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is the Glenbeck Beck program. I'm so glad that you joined us. I, I I read a story last night before I went to bed, and I just could not believe it. I mean, you want to talk about you want to talk about uh, Anne Frank and anti semitism and the fear that Jews had uh, back in the 30s. You can point pretty much to de Blasio and New York. I mean, when there is a story that I read last night. Oh, you know about the park, right? That they, they chain the park up. And while everybody is looting Macy's, the, de Blasio is making an example out of this Jewish community that are letting their kids, uh, you know, play in the park. So he locks it up. They've, de Blasio has targeted them for funerals and everything else, and he's always targeting these religious communities. Well, on 1010, 10, was it 1010 10 Wins or, um, I think it was 1010 10 Wins. Uh, the, uh, the two hosts in the morning got a tip from a neighbor of some Jews that noticed the Jews were going to school, and it's dangerous. And Tenten Wins has led this investigation when riots are happening on the streets. When people are going out in parades in the streets, this small little Orthodox Jewish school is open and being spied on by the neighbors. When we when we do know one thing about covid, the least likely to have any kind of harm are kids our kids are safe. But no, no. And I, I said to myself last night, I cannot believe that they are that this group is they are so under uh, the gun by de Blasio and and the state of New York. And they're always singled out. And with all the other stuff that's going on with religious liberty, I can't believe there's not a lawsuit. Well, there is a lawsuit. Uh, and, uh, we have one of the guys, uh, he's special counsel for the Thomas More Society. His name is Christopher Ferrara. Hi, Christopher, how are you?
7: Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Sure. You bet. Now, you are a Catholic society, um, and you have joined with this Orthodox community, uh, uh, they and a couple of rabbis and a couple of priests if i'm not mistaken and you're suing new york tell me about it
7: that's right we're suing on behalf of a couple of catholic priests in new york's north country which is up by the canadian border and several practitioners of the orthodox jewish religion in brooklyn which is down south in south and the south we're in phase one moving into phase two of this cockamamie reopening plan which has done nothing but destroy jobs and in the northern section which is in phase three uh, we have uh, somewhat looser restrictions on gatherings, but nevertheless, religious gatherings in the state of New York are subject to peculiar restrictions. So indoors right now, they're limited to 25% of capacity. The only such limitation in all of the capacity limitations in this plan. Various offices and other businesses are either at 50% capacity indoors or 100% capacity indoors, including homeless shelters, for example. So we're arguing in federal court that there's a discriminatory application of these guidelines that impacts religion adversely. And now, with the George Floyd demonstrations, thousands and thousands of people thronging the Brooklyn Bridge, the Manhattan Bridge, Mayor de Blasio participating in a huge rally at Cadman Plaza. We're arguing that those demonstrations, quite simply, expose the whole regulatory regime as a total sham. It's all theater. Because there's nothing worse in terms of a, uh, a super-spreading event than thousands of people standing shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder screaming and yelling. And that's what they're permitting. And when they're asked about it, Blasio and Cuomo both essentially say, and we have quotes from transcripts, that well, this is such an important movement, you see, this is a the <laughs> protest and injustice, and so we have to allow it. And you know what? Fine. That's a First Amendment-protected activity. The argument we're I making agree. now is, yeah. And the argument we're making now, though, is yes. Fine, let them protest, but don't pretend that you're enforcing a general and neutrally, new, uh, a generally applicable and neutral law at this point because you're not. You're creating massive exceptions for the protest activities you favor, and you're discriminating against, in particular, the Jewish groups in Brooklyn. So at this very moment, while they're allowing mass demonstrations in lower in the lower part of the state in Manhattan. They're chasing Jewish children out of parks in Brooklyn and they're chain lines in mean,
0: parks. So so Christopher why do you think of 30 or 40 why people. do you th- why do you think this is happening? Why do you do you think that it is anti religion, anti Semitism? Or, or or do they not even believe what the, the, the stuff that they've been shoveling for a while? Why is this happening like this?
7: You know, we don't even have to get to the question of whether they harbor any specific animus toward religion. What we do have to show is what is quite obvious now at this point, that they're favoring secular activities over religious activities for whatever reason. So they make value judgments in favor of protests, and they make value judgments in favor of certain businesses and other activities, and they don't make the same value judgments in favor of religion. Well, that means that the scheme of regulations is neither generally applicable nor neutral now what does that mean legally it means that if you have a system of exemptions and prohibitions and the impact is on religion you have to have a compelling state interest for that and mm-hmm. the regulations have to be narrowly tailored so that you don't harm religion any more than is absolutely necessary well there's no narrow and if they, what's the narrow
0: right it, if they would have come out and said uh hey you we understand your first amendment rights we don't condone this we urge you to stay inside and they were saying consistently the same kind of stuff but they would have had to have a crackdown on it because that's what they've been doing to the the uh religious community if they would have done that you would have a hard case but what they chose to do instead how is this going to spend more than 10 minutes in court
7: well, there's an obvious problem, and it's a huge problem, and they can't overcome it. So, like I said a few moments ago, the fact that they granted this massive exception for tremendous demonstrations, thronging bridges and plazas, destroys the whole public health rationale for this entire cockamamie scheme of regulations, which is increasingly ridiculous, by the way, as the days go by. Mm-hmm. For example, you look at the, uh, the office guidelines now for Phase 2. You're in an office. You have to be six feet away from all the other employees in the office and if any of them comes closer than six feet, you have to slap a mask on your face right away. And then when the employee gets further away than six feet, you take the mask off. Mask off. How are you supposed to operate an office like that? It's just a, a, a contraption of bureaucratic contrivances that gets dreamt, dreamt up in some office somewhere. So you're no. right about that point. If they had said, well, we'll just tolerate this because we can't do anything about it, but you really should stay home. That would be one thing. But they're still defending it. It's just in itself that there are these mass demonstrations. Just a couple of days ago, June 16th, the mayor was asked point blank, how do you justify allowing these massive protests when you don't let people gather outside bars? And you know what he said? I'll quote it for you. I understand when people ask that. And I think we just have to keep it in perspective. We're seeing a social movement growing before our very eyes that's addressing 400 years of oppressive reality in this country. Et cetera, et cetera, So in other words, this is such an important movement. Well, we just have to allow, but you can't congregate outside of a bar with 10 or 20 people. Uh, so we'll allow 50,000 to march, but not, no, none of these block parties, please, because we have to enforce social distancing. So that's why I say the whole thing is being exposed as a sham. When it was put to the test of neutrality with a protest movement, it collapsed. And now we see what it really is. Just a bunch of value judgments masquerading as a public health uh, regimen to meet with an emergency. And it's not that at all.
0: So what is the goal of the, the lawsuit? I mean, what, what, what is the, I think, best thing that we could expect coming out of this? What would, what would it change?
7: Well, let's talk about the outdoors first. In New Jersey, Governor Murphy did the same thing. He led these protests. He praised these protests. He said they're so important. We just have to allow them. But when the public outcry came, he at least had the honesty with Executive Order 152 to say that, uh, okay, all outdoor gatherings are now conducted without limitation if they are for a religious or a political purpose. So he said basically, oh, what was I thinking? Yes, everybody has First Amendment rights to demonstrate outdoors or engage in religion outdoors. So we're saying in the New York suit, the governor of New York and the mayor of New York city should have the intellectual honesty to do the same thing. So there should no longer be any restriction whatsoever on any kind of outdoor gathering. It just isn't justified. There haven't been any spikes that we know of following these massive demonstrations And so where's the scientific or public health rationale? It's gone. So zero limitation outdoors. What about indoors? Well, we're arguing that if you can let homeless shelters operate at 100% capacity, and they're filled with the older, more vulnerable populations who are sleeping overnight in the shelters or in the drop-in shelters and staying there all day long in close quarters, then how can you say that a synagogue or a church should be limited to 25% capacity. doesn't make any sense. So we're arguing that the indoor restrictions should be eliminated and we should be treated the same as the most favored businesses under this scheme. For example, supermarkets, bagel shops. How's this for irony? There's a bagel shop across the street from one of the synagogues in Brooklyn. Bagel shop is packed with people. You go across the street to the synagogue, It was 10 people only before, and now they say 25% capacity, which by the way, with many of these small synagogues, that's the same thing, because they only hold about 40 people. So we're asking for a parity of treatment, treat religion the same as the favorite businesses indoors, drop all the outdoor gathering limitations, because they've basically already done that. So there's no justification for picking and choosing which groups of people get to congregate outdoors.
0: Christopher Ferrara, uh, thank you so much. He's with the Thomas More Society uh, and fighting uh, for your religious freedoms, uh, at least in New York. And may there be a thousand of these that are brought around the country. Christopher, thank you so much. You're welcome. Have I even said, hello, America? It's Friday. I don't think so. Until then, uh, welcome. Uh, saving money is the positive version of uh, death of a thousand cuts. Yes, scrimp and save a little bit here, a little bit there. Maybe you're buying, you know, an off-brand or something like that. Except for the Oreos, because the Oreos can never be an off-brand. I don't care who you are. That off-brand just does not hunt. Uh, uh, so gradually over time, if you're scrimping and saving, you can see a little bit of difference in your finance. It's a good thing to be responsible and do things like that. But right now you need some big cuts. You need some things with the economy going the way it is with the future as uncertain as it is. Uh, I want you to save a lot of money, hundreds of dollars a month, maybe even a thousand. And here's how you do it. If you are paying over 4% on your mortgage or if you've got a high percentage uh, debt that can be consolidated, a refi might be the first thing that you should do. This is uh, a 10-minute phone call to American Financing. They will tell you within 10 minutes if they can help you or not and how much money they think they can save you. It's AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net. This is a a family-owned and operated uh, business. I, I just really love these people at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: This is the Glenbeck program from the Standing Rock. Uh, we're glad you're here today. I, I, I can't take the statue stuff anymore. I just, I can't, I can't take it. Uh, now they're pulling down statues of George Washington. They're, they're, they're calling for the removal of the Washington Monument and the Jefferson Memorial. Uh, so far, Abe is okay. Um, but in, in, uh, the Hollywood district in Portland, they have just pulled down the statue of George Washington made by an artist, an Italian artist, uh, in, uh, like 1920. And he made three of them, one for Austin, one for Portland and one for Mexico city. And, uh, they just pulled it down and just defaced it. They burned a flag on it. Uh, and now it's just sitting in the sidewalk. I beg cities. I don't care who, if I like or don't like the, uh, statues, these statues need to be preserved because someday, uh, Americans will regret all of this. And, uh, we are offering uh free shelter from the storm for any of these statues. Um, the mercury one museum is about to open in uh, in dallas the first uh, iteration of it uh, first step towards a large museum and we have the space to keep these statues and they need to be preserved please reach out to mercuryone.org if you are a city and you have any of these statues and you don't know what to do with them, or somebody's going to take them and destroy them, please get them to us. Mercury MercuryOne.org. I don't care who it is, but these George Washington statues, I mean, I will put it in my main atrium of my building. That would be an honor to have a George Washington statue. It would be great.
2: Uh And uh, this is just shameful. Just shameful what's Uh, going on. Glenn, I did yesterday on Studios America acquire a box of Aunt Aunt Jemima pancake mix. Would this be something that you'd want to maybe put into the Uh, archives?
0: Okay. Yes, it is. I'm going to eat it first, but you can have the box. Oh, eh, shoot. Not so interested. Okay. Not so interested (laughs) now. yeah, I mean all of these things are gonna be historic items the cream of wheat package, Mrs. Buttersworth, or Butterworth, uh, all of these things that are being pulled off the shelves. Please save any of those and get them to us. We'll preserve them. Mercury One dot org
1: Glenn Beck program.